All right, praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for his goodness. We thank him for his mercy. We thank him for every opportunity that he makes available to us to share the word of God. Um, Sister Butler reached out to me um, and uh, did let me know that you guys were uh, doing a study uh, in Ephesians. You guys actually have been going over the uh, whole armor of God. And uh, she asked me to, to finish up um, the, uh, the, the shield of faith uh, and the sword of the spirit. So we're going to go as far as we can go this evening uh, with all of that. And uh, Lord willing, we will uh, finish uh, that up. A lot of good stuff there. Um, Ephesians chapter six, um, starting at verse number, uh, let's, let's take it at verse number 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Amen. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And here comes our set. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. As always, may God have a blessing uh, to the reading, hearing, um, and doing of his word. Uh, when we talk about the armor of God, no doubt you guys have already received, uh, I can only imagine just some wonderful information, wonderful teaching uh, on everything up to this point. And what you have, you should be aware of is, is that every piece of the armor as it is outlined in the scripture has a particular purpose and a particular use, amen. Um, the concept of the armor of God, we have here in the book of Ephesians, we have um, the writer, the apostle Paul, and um, this, uh, the, the, uh, visual, uh, the visual that Paul would have had in mind when using this real militaristic um, example, um, um, uh, or uh, picture as it pertains to armor and as it pertains to warring and, and fighting, um, being aware that just prior to our scripture, the Bible tells us that we, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we know from the scripture that we're in the middle of a conflict. We're in the middle of a battle and every child of God, let me segue into this and say this now, um, you're not gonna get out of this without, without putting your dukes up, without having to fight, that's not gonna happen. The call to Christianity is not the call for the person who is, who's going to be weak, or who is going to be timid. Now, what I mean by that is, is I'm talking about the person that is simply wants to avoid conflict. Let me explain it. You're gonna have war because the devil's gonna bring it to you. You're not gonna have to go looking for it. It's gonna come knocking on your door. So as long as you are a child of God, 
one thing that you and I have to make sure that we are ready for, hence why we have this word picture in the scripture regarding the armor of God. Why? Because we're going to we're going to find ourselves in the middle of a scrape sometime. That's just what's going to happen. You're not going to be able to sidestep everything there. Are, you know, one of the most uh, interesting thing is always interesting to me how um, I meet a lot of um, children of God. Um, and I have met over the years. And um, it's always interesting, the ones that I meet uh, who are going through a hard time dealing with some, some difficulties. And it's, and you know, and it's pretty obvious that they're in the middle of spiritual warfare. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's all the way obvious, but it's obvious to everybody else except for them. And it's always been something that's very interesting because the language that they would use when I would talk with them um, will usually be the language that would pretty much indicate, you know, I'm tired. Why should I have to do this? Why do I need to go through all of this and so on and so forth? And I always just kind of wonder how it is that you don't know that they didn't know. Why not you? This we're, we the call of, of a child of God is a call to suffering. It is a call to arms at the same time, not just a call to suffering, but it is a call to arm. There is a war that is going on and you are in this fight whether you want to be in it or not. So we do well to know and understand the rules of, of the battlefield and to know, intimately know the, the pieces of armor and the things that God has given us, so what? So that we can overcome those situations, those circumstances, those things, those problems that you didn't ask for, but you got them nonetheless, amen. Now, with this, it is important to note first and foremost, yes, we are in a fight. Yes, we are in a struggle, but let's define the context of the fight 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4 tells us this, for though we walk in the flesh, we what? Do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The context of the battlefield we have to understand is not the flesh and blood. It is not the external. Okay, you will be surprised how many children of God, soon as something come up, you know, they're ready to they're ready to physically fight. It, it utter I, I, I have there I there is no shortage of ridiculousness that I have seen as over the years in churches and all sorts of different things. You will be surprised by the number of saints that want to handle or resort to handling spiritual matters or issues, the first thing that they want to do is attempt to handle it in the natural, okay? Second Corinthians 10, three through four is really a companion scripture for Ephesians 6, 11, 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Those two scriptures go together. They build on the same principle, on the same theme that the battle, the struggle, yes, it is real, but you're not going to overcome it in the natural. This is a thing that you're going to overcome in the spirit. 
Amen. You have to understand that because why? For some who are listening and for some of you, you may know somebody who might not be listening, but you're going to need to take this word to them because you notice that they keep running aground or you yourself might be running aground. Why? Because you keep taking matters in the natural. You keep trying to solve it with a worldly perspective or with a natural perspective. No, you cannot do that. Why? Because the struggle, the fight, the war, the conflict exists on a deeper level. If you, if by chance, you were able to work out some of it externally. You would never reach the root of it. So that means everything that you would do on the in the natural would simply be cosmetic or external. Why? Because you would simply deal with the symptoms and not the root. The issue of things that we go through, family, through life, it operate, it, it is exists on a deeper level. That's why we as children of God, we got to go beyond what we see in the natural. You got to move beyond what you are able to perceive with the natural senses. That's going to get you so far. What you see on the outside, let me explain it to you. That's only either half or part of the story. But I guarantee you, it is not the totality of the story. And it's not going to end if you are able to resolve just that external. No, 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 no. It won't, it won't happen that way. It has to be done in the spirit. Now, look at our text, okay? Verse uh, 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. All right, let's take a look at that. We, we have in this text, the, the word of God says, taking above all, taking the shield of faith. All right. So we have this above all, which obviously it draws our attention. OK, it's not necessarily to suggest that this is more important than absolutely everything else. No, it does not mean. And a lot of people I've heard a lot of people say this and they tend to make a little make a mistake with this when it because they tend to think that what the scripture is saying is, is that of the of all of the armor, the shield of faith is the most important. That's not what God is trying to say. That's not what he was illustrating through the apostle Paul when he says above all, above all taking that word taking in our text um, um, really means to lift something up. It literally actually means to hold something up. So when the Bible says above all taking the shield of faith. He's not saying that the shield of faith is more important than absolutely everything. The Bible described in the preceding or the, in the previous scriptures, it described all of these elements of armor. And, if, and, and being that you guys have made it to verse 16 now, then you are now should be in possession of an understanding that every article of armor serves a purpose. All of them are important. Okay. So when you get to verse 16, verse 16 is not trying to tell you that the shield of faith trumps everything. That's not what he's saying. What instead he's actually telling you what the apostle was trying to tell you was he was telling you to hold up the shield. That's what he was telling you. He was telling you now that you got all everything else, now that you got all your gear on, now that you got all your armor on, you're, 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 you, you've got uh, you, you, you've got your, 
your, your loins, they're girt about with truth. You got the breastplate of righteousness. You, you got your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You've got all of these different articles of armor on. So now in verse 13, if you go back even further, the Bible says, having done all to stand, stand. So now you're, now you're, you're, you, you are able to stand. You've got all of these things. The armor pieces were necessary for you to stand. Amen. Amen. But they were not meant for you to simply stand there just girded about or just displaying that armor. No, 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 no. Even your armor needs protection. And that's why you have a shield. And that is why it is called the shield of faith. Above all, the picture that that Paul was painting or illustrating is, is that in this armor that is designed to protect you, you need to hold up the shield in front of it. Now, the shield that Paul would have been talking about, remember, they are under, they're under Roman rule at this point. So the immediate picture that Paul would have had in mind as far as a shield would have been the Roman shield. And if you do your history and you take a look at these things, you know that the Romans were known for using these huge shields, shields that you they could link together and, or, and shields that were large enough to cover or to conceal the entire body. That means that they were able to hide, literally hide themselves behind that shield. Paul, when he's talking about a shield, he's not talking about a little, a little, a little, a little shoulder shield. He's not talking about that. He's not talking about some minuscule shield, something that's only going to uh, block a, a part of something. That's not what he was talking about. This would have been that huge shield that when you had more than one soldier together, they could actually band together and link together and almost form a protective shell shell around them to block incoming attacks, no matter what those types of attacks may have been. Amen. Amen. And so he tells us to stand. He tells us taking above all, take the shield, which simply means to hold up the shield. Now, this is interesting in and of itself. And I want to segue into two things and then I'm a, and, and, and then I'll proceed a little bit further with this. The scripture says, taking, above all, taking the shield of faith. And I just told you that it meant to literally hold up the shield. Now, many of us deal with, now I already told you from the start, you're not going to be, you're not going to be able to avoid conflict. The devil going to bring war. The enemy, you know, already brought it. You, you are in a fight whether you want it, you, you, you want it to be in one or not, you are in a fight and you are in a fight for your soul and for the souls of your fellow mankind. That's what you're in. That's what you are in a fight for. Amen. Amen. Because the devil, listen, ain't no such thing as once saved, always saved. Okay. God may have rescued your soul, but you got to stay in compliance with that word of God so that your soul stays saved. In other words, you stay in right standing with God. And as long as you are in obedience to God's word, you got to understand God got all power and God is going to always keep you. It ain't going to be a time where God does not keep you when you are being obedient to the word of 
God. Nevertheless, a fight is on your hands, whether you want it or not. Now, while it is true, you're not going to be able to avoid conflict. But there are some hits. There are some blows that you and I should be able to circumvent. And you're only going to be able to circumvent if you hold your shield up. Many of us, family, deal with some unnecessary uh, problems, some unnecessary issues. Some are necessary. Some are God-ordained. God, God's orchestrating it. You're not going to do nothing about that. All you're going to have to, what you're going to have to do is endure hardness as a good soldier. You're going to have to hold the line. You're going to have to stay in there and don't give up because there are some things that God has put in your path and you're not going to circumvent it. But then there are some things that we allow in our path. These are the unnecessary things. These are the things that, that, that had we been in that word, like we supposed to, had we been obedient to that word, like we supposed to, many of us substitute being in, you know, obedience for the word, for being in the word. And I want to tell you something right now. That's not the same thing. I mean, I'm going to say that again, being in the word, having a familiarity with the word is not, nor will it ever be the same thing as being obedient to the word. It's not, it is not, and it never will be. And because of that, then you must also understand this family. It will never, being in the word, devoid of obedience to that word, will never be enough. And some of us need to quit substituting being in the word. I don't care if you spend 89,000 hours. Uh, I don't care every waking hour of the day reading the Bible. I don't care if you know it backwards and forwards, you can recite it in your sleep. It, listen, I don't, it, I mean, verbatim. If you are not obeying what you read, that word is not doing you a bit of good. And I'm going to tell you something. God is not pleased. Samuel had to tell Saul that God would have obedience rather than sacrifice. And many of us today want to sacrifice, but we don't want to have no obedience. It ain't going to work. And in this spiritual warfare, you definitely not going to overcome the enemy without obedience. You got to hold the shield up. You have got to put the shield up. How long are you going to keep taking the onslaught of the enemy without the shield? You already have found out you're not fast enough to dodge all his blows. So how long is it going to be before we realize that, you know what? God has given me a tool. God has given me something to use. He's given me a shield and it is about time that I start to use it. Yeah, you, you're, you might have some pretty good footwork. You might dodge a few things. You might overcome a few things. You might get past a few things, but guess what? The devil been at this a long time. He has been at this a long time. And, 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 and not to give him any glory, but he is good at what he does. And what he does is do well with tricking us and seducing us into behaving or into acting or into carrying on in a way that is unpleasing to God. Amen. Amen. Listen, the devil don't mind if you know the word and he don't mind if you use the word as, as long as you use it wrong. As, as long as he don't care. That's why the devil show up to church. The devil don't mind coming to church 
As long as you're not praising him for real, as long as you're not walking in the word for real, he don't mind. It's real comfortable. It's a whole lot of saints that made the devil real comfortable at church. And he show up every Sunday. He show up on our jobs. He show up in our homes. He show up every time we turn around. Why? Because there's no obedience. We got word and we got knowledge of the word. We can quote the word and we, in a pinch, we can call on the word, but you don't understand, but we forget that. Listen, if you are outside, if you don't walk in obedience to the word, do you realize that you can't even speak the word over your situation, over your circumstance and don't have no obedience to that word? And you think that word going to help you? It ain't going to help you. It's not going to help you at all because God's word don't work. Disobedience, the lack of obedience will always short circuit the power that is resident in the word. Why? Because God don't bless mess. He's not going to bless you. He's not going to look you up. You got to do what he tells you to do. Amen. You have to do that. So the shield, you got to hold it up. At some point, you are going to have to hold it up. And when you do, you're going to find that there are actually some situations, family, that you go through, that we deal with, that you actually are able to circumvent. You mean to tell me, Brother Walker, I didn't get out, I don't have to get hit by this? Yeah, you probably did not have to get hit by that. You don't, you, you, you didn't have to go out like that. You could have avoided. God has given us everything that we need. Now, he says, taking the shield, he says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Amen. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts. Now, to be able, when the Bible says to be able, okay, it tells us that we're being, to, we're, we'll be able to, to quench the fiery darts. What the word of God is actually saying here is that you will become sufficient to meet a need or rise to a task. That's what that means. That's what he's talking about. When he says, when he's, when he says be able, okay, you take the shield of faith. When you take on the shield of faith, okay, it, you you will become able, amen, amen. You will be able, you will become sufficient. You will become able or uh, ready to meet whatever it is, whatever that task is, or to achieve or to overcome whatever that need is. Now, if you look at if you look at Second Corinthians and you look at chapter twelve and you look at verses nine and ten, and this is after Paul is 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 has you know is I mean he's just been he and he's been dealing with this thorn in the flesh, and I mean it's just I mean he's going he's going to God three three times and it, I mean it's it's bothering, and he's trying to overcome he's trying to get over this thing and many of us can identify with that because we all got things that that just man we, we we're dealing with and so too with with Paul the apostle he had to deal with some things and it got so heavy one point where he asked God to take it away from him but second corinthians has one of the most profound answers to to uh, to what is a common prayer for all of us all of us tend to pray at times lord just let this cup pass god just not this yes lord lord jesus you got me but not this one not this one lord if it's take take this one away God remove this. And I don't know. And if you're honest, you know, you've prayed a prayer like that too. I know I've had, I've had more than my fair share. I've had some situations, some circumstances, knock down, drag out just, and, 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 and I would at the time, I would have been so thankful 
if the Lord would have removed that thing from me. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't feel like I could deal with it. Some of you now have situations going on and you feel like you can't rise to the occasion. And so you have spent your fair share of prayers asking God to take it away from you. No need to feel bad about that. You're just being human. You're just being normal. Amen. Amen. Even that flesh of, of, of Christ, God Almighty, didn't want to have to unnest, didn't want to have to go through suffering if it didn't have to. So he prayed the prayer. This is Jesus, God Almighty. Lord, let this cup pass from me. And as long as you're in this world and in there, there are going to be some days where you are going to pray that. This is not to beat you up over that because, because life have a way of tiring you out at times and it can discourage you and it can really get you to feel the, the limits of what you are able to do. But I submit to you, you need to feel the limits. I need to feel the limits of what I'm able to do because I need to know clearly, you need to know clearly where I end and the Holy Ghost begin. You got to know that point where you where all, everything about you comes to a screeching halt. And now my impossibility becomes God's opportunity because to God, there's not one thing that's impossible. All things are possible to God. Nevertheless, you will at times find yourself, family, praying, Lord, just not this one. Lord, please don't let this come to pass. But 2 Corinthians tells us something profound. 12, 9, and 10. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. How many of us can say that? <laughs> in reproaches, in necessities. That means he actually took pleasure in finding himself in need. That's what he means by in necessities in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, the world has painted a different picture of what strength is. We tie and associate strength to our own ability. And oftentimes the picture associated with, is with something, with something physical. But the way of Christ, <laughs> the, the, the way of the spiritual shield, is not like that at all. Uh -uh. It don't require you to have any strength in and of yourself. Uh -uh. No, 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 no. Only thing you got to have, just a little bit of, of obedience, a little bit of faith, enough to what? Lift the shield up. Lift the shield up. You got the shield. You have the shield. You simply need to lift the shield now, the idea of this whole thing, family, is that holding up the shield confers or grants, okay, this is the whole idea of this, this is what Paul is driving to, so don't miss this part. The idea behind all of this, family, is, is that holding up the shield, it confers or it grants to you and to me an ability or a sufficiency to rise to an occasion, something I didn't have, an ability, a sufficiency that I didn't have on my own, 
Amen. 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 In other words, in other words, what it, the, the point that Paul is driving here is, is that when you have the shield, amen, when you have the shield, by sheer fact of having the shield in your possession, if you will lift the shield up, it will grant or confer upon you the ability or strength or, that you did not have in possession before. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody needs to know. Second Corinthians chapter two, look at verse 14. Now, thanks be unto God, which always, not sometimes, not part of the time, and not every now and then. Now, thanks be unto God that always causeth us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the savior of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. That simply means this, that he makes you win. I'm trying to simply tell you that if you will lift up the shield, you will find victory behind the shield. You'll find victory hidden behind the shield. Now, the shield of faith. Now, you probably already noticed this, but I'm going to bring it out. Just, just in case. Then you probably already noticed this. The shield of faith. The picture is that of a large shield that is big enough for you to hide behind entirely or completely. Okay, that's the that's the uh, that's the visual that I want you to have because that's the visual that the apostle Paul had being a Roman citizen. Amen. So that when he thought of a soldier and he thought of the of their the the army the, the the armament or the pieces that they use for their armor and all these different things, immediately it would have been a picture of those Roman soldiers that were walking around, that were on patrol, that were going to and fro. Amen. They carried the huge shield that was large enough for them to hide behind in, the, in their entirety. So everything. Now I want you to keep in mind something. Now, the whole, the shield's big enough to hold, to hide the entire person. But prior to this scripture, you read about the other pieces of armor, glory to God. You read about the other pieces of armor that you should already have on. Now the purpose of armor is to protect you. Amen. The purpose of armor is to protect you. But armor can only take so much punishment. Amen. Armor, individual pieces of armor were designed to protect those various vital parts of the body. But the armor did not confer invincibility. I hope you hear what I'm telling you. It did not confer invincibility. But what it did give, the armor now, was durability. It granted the ability for you to take punishment, but not indefinitely. 
Glory to God. We're bu- I'm, I'm, I'm building here and I want, I hope you get in this picture of what's of what, what God is talking here and what he's trying to show you with that shield of faith. So because of this, you cannot just have the armor exposed to the enemy like that. No, 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 no. You cannot. Why? Because the enemy, if you give him an opening, he's going to come after you with everything he got. He's going to be relentless. He's not going to let up. He, can I can I tell you? Listen, if you expose your family, the devil gonna keep coming over and over and over. If you expose what's important to you, he's gonna come after you relentlessly. Whatever it is, it don't matter whether it is friend, whether it's family, whether it's situation, whatever it is. If you leave it exposed, the devil will attempt to exploit. The devil will hammer you left and right. See, listen. You need to understand something. Yes, you are able, We, if we resist the devil, he will flee from us, which is what this is all about. But you need to understand what that, what that means. Because sometimes Christianity makes, we paint a ridiculous picture of the devil. And we got him looking like he's just somebody who's scared and ain't, gonna, and, and, and ain't willing to mix it up. Let me tell you something, the devil is willing to mix it up with you all day long. He's been at this for a long time. So the devil will fight you tooth and nails. Why? Because he want to enslave you. He want to conquer you. He want to destroy you. He already headed to hell. And guess what? He don't want to go by himself. So he want anybody that he can get. And he and listen, and the devil is willing to fight you. What are you saying, Brother Walker? I'm telling you this. You better act like you know the devil is not scared of you. So you got to stop approaching him like you scared of him. You've got to wage a good warfare. You've got to be able to stand. Bible said, having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, didn't we just read that in verses 13 and the very beginning of verse 14? Having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, are you standing this evening? Are you standing or are you cowering or are you running? Because listen, the devil don't care about your tears. You don't care about that. It's all hard. You don't care about your woe is me. And you want a violin to play your song. He'll give you a violin. All the while, he is beating you down. I'm just telling you, the devil don't care. And he's not going to show you no respect. Ain't going to be no gentleman's honor. He's not going to give you a turn to go first. He's not going to let you get the first hit. No, no, no. The devil will try to back you into a corner and wail on you until you cannot stand. And I'm, But we just read the scripture. Now, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph, meaning what? He makes you win. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, the armor doesn't confer invincibility. The the shield doesn't, the armor doesn't confer invincibility, but it does confer uh, durability. Amen. But because it's not invincibility, that means that even your armor, which is designed to protect those vital areas, those vital aspects, Guarding your heart, guarding your mind. Glory to God. I hope you hear where we're going with it. Your armor also needs protection. And that's where the shield of faith comes in. (laughs) Glory to God. The whole soldier hid behind the shield, which means the soldier who was what? Garbed in his armor. What did he do? He hid armor and all behind the shield of faith. Now, Why is this important? Because it's important because if you look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six, 
you need to understand something before I actually read it. This is important because it does not matter what you do. As far as your service to God, you can get all on, on a technical level, you level, you can dot all of the I's and you can you can cross all of the T's. You can go through all of the motions of service. You can go through all of that, but you need to understand if it is done without faith, it will never be accepted. Anything that you do, glory to God, glory to God. Notice what he says. Go back to 14. Stand therefore, having your, lo your, having your loins girt with the truth. Listen, you can have the truth, but if you ain't, if you got the truth, and you don't, but you don't have that wrapped up in faith, it ain't gonna do you no good. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, you can have righteousness in spades, but if you ain't got no faith, it ain't gonna do you no good. If it's not wrapped up, your feet can be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. But listen, you got to have it covered by faith. Hebrews 11 and six, but without faith. It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The armor cannot be you. Listen, the armor of God will only last you so long. Glory to God. If it is not covered by faith. Why? Because, family, we walk by faith and not by sight. This is a faith walk. Every piece of armor, and a lot of you don't know this, they didn't don't they, they don't understand the way of the shield, this Holy Ghost shield. They don't understand what God is talking about. We only we we only get certain parts of it. But 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 and we don't realize that you can have all of that. But the armor, you need to understand, the armor in and of itself, each piece represents a specific task or a thing or accomplishes or helps you in a particular area. These areas are different from one from the other. Amen. In other words, each piece is for a specific thing, a specific situation, a specific scenario. They're not all for the exact same thing. They are for individualized things. Amen. But when they are not in use, in other words, one piece of armor might come into play, whereas another piece is not in play. But even still, they must all be protected. Why? Because the armor itself is not a get out of jail free card. It don't, it don't, do you know what I'm saying? The armor, it, don't, it, it doesn't... It doesn't, it doesn't mean victory. It will get you, it will assist you in getting victory. But in and of itself is not a guarantee of victory. No, it's not. You got to walk by faith. Why? Because God responds to faith. And he's only going to respond to faith. Those feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of, uh, uh, the, with the gospel of peace, you got to have faith in the gospel or it ain't going to do you no good. 
those loins, those loins girt with truth. You got to have faith in the truth that you heard. And so on and so on and so on. You have to actually have those things. Service to God, no matter what it is, it will always be voided out without faith. That's just the way that it is. Look at verse uh, verses um, or text again. And he says, whereby you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, I want you to understand something. Um, to quench something here simply means to extinguish. And I want you to keep that in mind. So the when Paul talks about quenching the fiery darts, he's not talking about just regular arrows. He's talking about arrows that would have been dipped in some sort of pitch or tar or something like that and set ablaze. These are arrows that, that, that had two ways of causing problems. They were both pierce and burn. Watch where we're going with all of this, okay? I want you to keep that in mind. These were not just regular standard arrows where the strength alone was in its ability to pierce. No, 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 no. Uh -uh. It had another ability. It had the ability to burn. Amen. Which meant that it had a what? Area effect. Amen. 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 The arrow itself would just have a targeted effect, specific. But a arrow that had fire, oh, it had more than that. Not only could it pierce, but it could burn and that fire could spread. Now, he tells you that the purpose of the shield is not just to block <laughs> incoming arrows the piercing the the piercing aspect of it but when he's actually telling you that it can quench the fiery dart what he's actually saying is is that the shield had a double purpose it had the ability to be laid on top or or pressed down on top of the arrows that bounced off but were still on fire and still retained the ability to catch anything around it on fire, it could quench or put out the entire air, the, the, the fire that surrounded that arrow, thus sidelining or circumventing the possibility of it causing something else around you to burn. Let me talk to you about something here. The devil don't just use standard equipment. Oh, no. Why use arrows when you can use fire arrows? And what you got to understand something, family, is, is that the, and the darts of the enemy, the, the, these arrows, so to speak, these fiery darts that the enemy throws, he throws them at you. But because, and you put this, you might have the shield up and it is unable to pierce you. Amen. It's unable to pierce you. But because you don't walk in faith, because you don't know the other ability of the shield, the other use of the shield, which is its ability to put out fire and the things that, that could spread, you might be okay. But is your family okay? Is your son okay? Is your daughter okay? because the fire is spreading. And some of us don't realize you might be okay, but the world around you is burning down. Everything else important to you is, has been ignited and it's ablaze. 
And some of you are, we, we don't have our Christian, I don't know what is wrong with our Christian compassion these days. But Lord, deliver us from the mentality where we let our brothers and sisters burn. Because you have to understand when the fire hits, this is why you got to put it out. You got to go after it in the spirit. You, got, you can't just deflect it. You got to put it out. You got to put it out because it abounds off of your shield on to somebody else. How are you handling the word of God when you deal with problems and circumstances? Are you concerned about how what you're saying, the word of God, is the way that it's come out, the way you are presenting the gospel? Are you presenting it in the spirit of love? Are you presenting and sharing the word in the spirit of meekness? Or are you taking a hammer to a glass house? Going after everything that's spiritually wrong with reckless abandon. No thought whatsoever to how you do what you do. You, your brother and your sister is not supposed to be a casualty after you get done being delivered. It's never supposed to be a situation where you walk in deliverance, but your deliverance came at the cost of somebody else. God don't, walk, God don't work that way. God don't work that way. You gotta use that shield of faith for all its intended purposes, even putting out the flames. You got to stamp them out with it. You've got to do all of that. Amen. Now, he says to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. This is interesting because what he tells you here is, is that it actually has more of a use. It doesn't just protect you just from the from spiritual warfare or the or in the realm of the spirit but the word wicked here which is the word uh paneros okay in the greek what that actually covers is a whole lot of different people he's telling you that the shield of faith works against yes those who are wicked that's those who are corrupt and and, and more morally corrupt it works against those that are worthless what does that mean those that bring no value to the situation. They don't help a situation. All they do is hurt. And he's telling you that the shield of faith will work and protect you even against that. Amen. It'll protect you against um, those that are guilty, those who are walking in, who are walking wrong. They're walking in fault. D Jesus talked about offenses and how that they must come. This is, deals with that person who goes around and, and, and is guilty and, and, and it walks in offense and, and goes around offending people. Amen. It, 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 it'll protect you against that. It also has some other, it has some other things as well that go actually beyond just the realm of the spirit. It is also, it also that word wicked also means to be sick or to be diseased. Amen. So it helps you in those areas. It, 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 help, it will help you in the area of spiritual sickness, spiritual infection. Because when you entertain sin, you become spiritually infected. When you're dealing with people who are overcome in sin, they are diseased. They are spiritually tainted. Amen. It deals with that word wicked also means the jealous. People, it, it'll protect you from the jealous. It'll protect you from the envious. It'll protect you from the stingy. It means stingy as well. It also means the evil one. That means it'll protect you from the devil. 
Walking in that faith, glory to God. It also means evil spirit. That's talking about unclean spirits. Glory to God, glory to God. So all of these different things are what the shield will do. And then finally, look at verse number 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We have the word of God. You cover the armor that you are covered in piece by piece. The shield of faith is meant to cover over all of that or to secure all of that because the tools that God gives us cannot be operated effectively devoid of faith. It's only then that you literally are able to truly use or are freed up to use the sword of the spirit. Look at Psalms 19 and look at seven through 11, the use of that sword. What does it do? Because we know it's the word. That's what the word just told us. Scripture just told us that. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. And this is what the word of the God does. The law of the Lord, it's talking about the word of God, is perfect. Converting the soul. It'll convert. This is what you use the sword for, to convert. The testimony of the Lord is, is sure. Making wise the simple. It brings wisdom. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. It'll lift up your countenance. It'll lift up your heart, no matter how dark life has gotten for you. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Are you walking in darkness? Are you stumbling along the way? The word of God will clear all of that. That's what the sword does, clears the path. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, is what that word does. By them is thy servant warned. So through your word, I warn, your word warns me. It don't just do all that stuff externally for other people, but it also do that for me. And in keeping them, there is great reward. God bless you, family. I pray that this lesson has touched you, has helped you, and you got something that you can share with somebody else. Wow.